0: Play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR, 9023FM, the voice of Harlem.
1: When the night is brown, like my Hennessy, all I want is for you to twerk, twerk on me. I know y'all was confused, because usually Brother Dalton has a turn-up gospel music. Yes, So he does. I'm like, twerk for God, go twerk for God. <laughs> Yo, sometimes I walk in here, I'm like, did they get a new DJ in here? Like, I'm coming in here, my shoulders moving, and I finally start listening to the lyrics Jesus Christ is my savior. (laughs) Burn. I'm like. They got gospel trap music now?
0: I love gospel trap. Yeah, I
1: think Brother Dalton makes all the songs before he comes (laughs) in the studio. Anyways, guys, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC. Are the voice of Harlem. If you're just tuning in, good. We just started. What's going on to the folks on Facebook Live? What's going on to the folks on the FM frequency? What's going on to the folks who are listening on the podcast and they are wondering what we're talking about because I cut that song off from the beginning? Well... I'm happy to talk to you. This is Stanley Fritz. You can find me on Twitter at stanfritz Fritz. On Facebook at Stanley Fritz. But I only have 90 slots left of friendship. And after that, Facebook will tell me I have too many friends and we can't talk anymore. So hurry up. We're also on Instagram at stanfritz. Fritz. You can talk to me there. I am in a room surrounded by two amazing black women. And guess what they're doing right now? They're trying to figure out which headphone works. <laughs> And in order to, to, call, to kill times, let them figure out which headphones work, I will keep on talking my talk. I took a trip to Albany yesterday, and I went to the Blackout Festival hosted by Citizen Action of New York, but run by Amy Jones and Kleana. And they put this event together with all their black girl magic, and I had a blast. And that's why I heard that song, Twerk, for me. And I thought to myself through my third sip of Hennessy and my fifth glass, I said, hmm, I've got to play this song. And we played it, and it is good. And now, who else am I in the studio with? Selena, talk to me, beloved.
0: (laughs) Is your soliloquy done?
1: I know you're not talking. (laughs) You was looking for a working (laughs) headphone, sis.
0: (laughs) Anyway, yes. Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, pop culture, and Stanley's drunkenness. Apparently, I'm glad you're not hungover.
1: I don't drink anymore. I haven't drunk in seven like
0: days. <laughs> drunk.
1: Seven, seven hours. hours. Like eight hours. Now. Eight hours.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, we are actually live here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. But shout out to everyone who is listening via podcast on iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google. We appreciate you just as much. My name is Selena Hill. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And if you're listening live or on a Sunday, make sure you check out my Instagram because I will be going to Black Girls Rock. Super excited about that. Mm. Uh, And you can follow my story there. Tiffany?
2: Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm Tiffany. Tiff B on all social media. Do you not give your last name? Oh, Tiffany Brown.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. It was i thought it was private i thought you were no,
2: like no no well, i put on the spot then <laughs> i mean i also have like a really you know typical <laughs> name so i'm not too concerned about people knowing
1: my first and last name mm, tiffany black woman <laughs> brown mm. yes
2: yes maybe that could be like my i don't know my stage name
1: well you know separate the b-r from the o-w-n and you get brown versus board of education open <laughs> up your third eye beloved mm. i didn't notice that That's because I just made it up. (laughs) Okay, Umar (laughs) Chill, 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 chill. Don't do that to me. I'm not raising money to not open up a school, all right? Selena, what are we talking about today? Help, save me for myself.
0: Seriously. So, um, I don't know if you guys have been following the 1619 Project. That is a new series that the New York Times released a few days ago. And it's really digging deep into the legacy of slavery in a way that is not commonly taught or discussed i think many of us are very familiar with our you know our, uh, the ugly past of this country but i don't think a lot of us know how much it affects us today like how it affects our healthcare our transportation like the roots of slavery run deep so the new york times released this and conservatives particularly white conservatives have been up in arms saying that this is divisive and all oh, this next so we're going to take a really deep dive into the 1619 Project and why it's so important to unpack our history and the truth behind it. Uh, so I'm super looking forward to that. Um, and we also have some new stories we're going to be talking about. And, of course, if you want to let your voice be heard, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. 03. Uh, you can also tweet us at be Heard underscore radio And if you're watching via Facebook live Like Cleanna and Claudia You can leave us a comment there That's facebook.com slash let your voice be heard We're going in a quick break But we will be right back
1: Stanley ain't She already know that Black man don't cheat. You already know that Hey Hey <laughs> If you're going to celebrate blackness, let's let's celebrate the faithfulness of every single black king. He's not cheating, beloved. He's multitasking. Forgive that king. Would would it be black love if he didn't ruin your life at least one time on some nonsense, beloved? Listen, open your third eye. He's not cheating. He saw another black queen or maybe a black king that he wanted to help empower. So he did. But he came right back to you. So what are you upset about? We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 9.3 FM, WHC, or The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley, faithful Black King Fritz, here with Selena Hill, and, of course, Tiffany, Bad Bobby, Pension Brown and we got a big show for you guys but before we get to the big part of the show we got to get to the important part of the show which is the news roundup things that happen in the news that made you laugh curse cry flip a table or just scratch your head and i know selena has some news stories she wants to share so i'm gonna let her go first but if you guys have any stories give us a call at 212-650-6903 again that's 212-650-6903 on facebook live leave us a comment and we'll read it unless you say black men do cheat then we're blocking you selena (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you, Stanley, and uh, shout out to you for playing that new Little Devolves song. That's old. Oh, when did it come out?
1: Like three months ago.
0: Okay, so that's old. Okay, <laughs> whatever.
1: It's not old.
0: Anyway, black men don't cheat. I'll, actually, I really actually appreciate the campaign because I feel like you guys are changing like changing a narrative, and mm. maybe if you guys actually embrace it, black men won't cheat. Nonetheless, you don't. At all. Right. Anyway, so nonetheless, there were a couple of things that, you know, a lot of things that stood out last week. Um, conservative billionaire David H. Koch, he has died at the age of 79.
1: People die every day, B.
0: But you know what? The legacy <laughs> that he left um, as a someone who really empowered Republicans and conservatives to push their agendas and to run for office, uh, it's like the pipelines that he created still are still here and still resonate um Tiffany how did you feel about the passing of conservative billionaire <laughs> David A. <Scott?
2: laughs> how you feel queen um, I'm not one of those people that like celebrate death okay I, I'm like indifferent to it I do understand why some people do that like I'm not gonna like hoot and holler I just think that's just how I am but I understand it but like he has changed the face of politics even if you think about like student politics when I used to work for a student organization like he was like funding student like a Republican or conservative organization, so his uh, presence and his money has really like shaped and crafted a lot of our policies that you know impact marginalized and you know um underrepresented communities. So you know, see ya. No, I won't see him because he's gonna be in hell. So
0: <laughs> thank you for your <laughs> diplomatic response. Uh-huh. Stanley had a much less diplomatic response on Twitter. I think no, I didn't. What I did you say, Stanley?
1: Response: He's dead. <laughs> you know. Listen, I know his brother must be in a lot of pain. I hope they get to reunite very soon. <laughs> um, you know, I just Stanley! what I'm trying to send my condolences. I don't see what the problem is. Listen, he spent his entire life funding policies that that hurt and kill black and brown people. But Peace. however,
0: they were also anti. They were also for prison reform.
1: No, they weren't. He owned a company that monetizes criminal justice. He makes money off of prisoners, whether they're in the jails and prisons or not.
0: Oh, with the tracking devices. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's like, still prison. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, have fun at home. I mean, hell.
0: Well, I'll say this. They also did put a lot of money behind cancer research.
1: Yeah, because he had pancreatic cancer. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> trying to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fam, he got pancreatic <laughs> cancer 27 years ago. That's the kind of health insurance that black people should have. Where you get the crazy cancer and you still live a full life. Yeah. Are you kidding
0: me? Now you're right. And I
1: have no remorse for his death. Shoot, I'll throw some salt on his grave. Where it's at?
0: Stan, well, Ooh. you know what? I am done trying to play devil's advocate.
1: Mm, All <laughs> right. The, R- the devil is with him now. He's good. He's Gucci.
0: <laughs> Let's speak the devil. Let's see how um, much that
1: money helps you in the grave.
0: Well, speaking of that, Donald Trump has imposed a new immigration policy. Uh, we already know that he was putting children in cages and uh, detaining children, lock, keeping them away from their parents. And now I think that the, there's a new rule to say that they would have to stay there indefinitely. Horrible. Stanley.
1: yo, listen, I, t- I told you all I screamed so I was blue in the face to vote for that white woman. You guys did not listen to me. No, you And this is what we get. Like, yo, at this point, there's nothing left to do, but just make sure you show up and vote and get him out of office. But not just him. All these crazy racist and racist apologizing Republicans and the problematic Democrats get them all out of office. That's all we can do, because you think this is bad. What about the stuff that you don't know that he's mm. doing? Come on. They got they track in black activists right now and saying that they're just as bad as ISIS. Mm. You know what that looks like? <sighs> Not good for anybody in this room.
2: Tiffany? Um, I will also ask a slight deviation. There was a new uh, policy for with affordable housing that also impacts the... I would say the undocumented immigrant community, which they will no longer be required to have like a 10 number or a Social Security number because it makes it harder for them to have access to the affordable housing list. So I guess to say, even though we have this, you know, this new Trump immigration policy, we do have other politicians that are trying to make it easier for undocumented populations to, you know, live, you know, and be included in a part
1: of society. Mm. So. I mean, can we stop talking about Trump and Koch now? I have some other news for folks. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, go Well, ahead, I Stanley. guess it's Trump-related. So Jay-Z is not getting an ownership stake in the NFL. And I know we talked about a rumor last week where they were saying Jay-Z told J- Jermaine Dupri not to make a deal with the NFL. Jermaine Dupree has come out and said that that has not happened. Mm. With these two new pieces of information, have your opinions about the whole ordeal changed? Because I know me and Selena got into a huge argument with Josh last week talking about this NFL deal.
0: You know what? I'm going to defer to (laughs) Tiffany first because you weren't on last week's show. What do you think about the uh, Jay-Z NFL-Rock Nation deal, Tiff?
2: Um, I think it was disheartening. I think the optics of the whole deal, I think that's what a lot of people are probably really riled up about. And we've also seen Jay-Z's track record when it comes to the Barclay Center. I think we need to expect more from our billionaires and not just think that a seat at the table Mm -hmm. is worthy. I'm sorry. We went on this whole two-year campaign of not watching NFL and you know making sure and talking about police brutality we are still being killed on camera if that's what Jay-Z wants to do at the end of the day he's a capitalist and this is the type of society that we live in but I also think that I'm not going to look at Jay-Z or any of these billionaires to save or you know to save or even talk about black liberation in any real way because I'm sorry um being a black capitalist or having some sort of you know mere seat at the table is not black liberation sorry go ahead selena
0: no i would say and and to tiffany's point because i understand that sentiment and obviously there's strong argument and passion on on both sides of this debate i don't think what you're saying could be um, argued i do think that there's different perspectives i think that jay-z has been an unapologetic a capitalist from i mean from the start i mean he's rapped about it he he's taught us how to move in a room full of vultures like he's been making these deals. That's why he became a billionaire. I mean, you Allegedly. know. Right. Uh, well, but who no. knew he
1: was the vulture.
0: <laughs> well, well, I will put well, I would say this. To, so, you know, I I know for a fact that yes, Jay-Z is going to have some type of stake. It is going to benefit him because he is an advocate for building generational wealth and, you know, getting that bag. So for that's himself. Right. And but the thing is he's not he's never claimed to be an activist or an organizer. Yes, he has moved in social justice circles. And as Tiffany said, he has a strong track record in funding and advocating for black and brown lives uh, through black lives matter, through giving large donations, um, funding the Trayvon Martin docu-series as well as many others. And those were his choices. And we celebrated that now he's doing a deal with the NFL. I truly believe that he thinks he's the only person that could bridge that gap between the NFL, and the disconnect they have with people of color because of what they did to and what they continue to do to Colin Colin Kaepernick. I do think that this deal should not be celebrated, nor should it be condemned. We need to let it play out because we never know what's going to happen in a year or five years from now.
1: So I'll just close my thoughts out on this with this. You know, Jay-Z has done a lot of good things and put his money where his mouth is on a lot of issues that are important to me. Yes. And I'll give him props for that, for that. But just like I give him props when he does good things, when he does something that looks wild, nasty, I'm going to call it out. And anybody who knows me knows I've always worshipped Jay-Z. This is nasty, no matter how you put it. Who chose you? That's the problem with with a lot of stuff that happens in this movement. There's a lot of men who choose themselves to do things when people have been putting in the work and the emotional labor for years. Nobody chose you. The players didn't even choose you. So why do you think that you're the only one that can do this?
0: Stanley we're projecting hold on we're getting really good um, comments um, BB Mendez left a comment on our Facebook live she says leave hove alone he is doing big things whether Jay-z sits at the table or not black killings are going aren't going to stop but in, or, hold on Stanley but in all in order for us to move forward and gain ownership Um, In order to have true power, we must have a seat at the table and play the game. However, Kleana has responded. She says capitalism saves no one. There must always be someone under the wheel. So, again, we're getting responses on both sides of this debate.
1: I posted my article. I put in Black Youth Project about all the reasons why this deal is nasty, not just about Kaepernick. Not every table is a good table. And just because you're at the table doesn't mean you're in a conversation. You could be the meal.
2: Mm. Tiffany, closing thoughts? I would also say that it is not up to Jay Z to say that we are past kneeling. And I think that's one of the most disrespectful comments <laughs> that he can ever say.
0: Can I just clarify that? <laughs> I was in the room when he said that, mm-hmm. and I had a chance to speak to Jay Z about this. Honestly, I feel like it was taken out of context. I know that they're just oh. releasing because he didn't, when he said we're past kneeling, what he was saying in full context is what is the action that we're taking place? Jay Z was saying, Besides those who continue to kneel and who want to kneel, I want to take the take a knee movement to the next level by going and working with the NFL to make the necessary changes that it needs.
1: Kaepernick had already taken it to the next level. He was doing Know Your Rights trainings mm-hmm. and giving Outside social justice Outside of groups the money. NFL. He yes, wants because to work inside he, the NFL. He wants to work inside the NFL. Yes, because NFL, it needs to be changed. Selena, the NFL did not say they were wrong for black balling Kaepernick. They never even said that maybe they should have done things differently. They said he's going to help us with our music and our social justice initiatives that they wouldn't have had without Kaepernick. The only time they ever acknowledged this black man was when they were asked by people like you in the room what about Kaepernick there's no moving on you can't move on if there was never accountability there's like every like everyone wants to always like that's the problem with this work we can move on we can build forward but if you're not being held accountable we can't move past nothing Mm -hmm. when have they been held accountable
0: he's not saying move past it like stop kneeling he's saying let's take action and put it like this jay-z he's brilliant when it comes to you know rapping he didn't have talking points he didn't have a publicist he didn't have somewhere articulating and spinning the argument while we were in the room and he was taking questions from journalists for an hour that's he was speaking from the heart and if you follow jay-z you know that he's really eloquent in his raps but he keeps it real he's maybe not the best speaker when it comes to just you know having like just when it comes to being talking about something that has such like pressure around it
1: i ain't one of them house ends you bought (laughs) all right so we're
0: gonna have to uh move this conversation right along um did anyone watch the power um,
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've never six. watched Power before.
0: Oh, anyone? No one. Okay. I know I watched oh, Power. Okay. Did, did only I see the? Um, I
1: didn't know you watched Power, Selena. I,
0: I went to the premiere with Fifty Cent. So
2: but did it the, come? Did it come
1: back already? Power.
0: Yeah, the series six came out. It's trending oh. on Twitter.
1: I don't know if I could say this out loud, but like I, I never watched Power. When I was gonna watch Power, you told me about a situation that happened with you um, and somebody from that show. Oh yes. Like after that, I was like, I'm definitely not watching that show.
0: No, you're right. I
1: don't know if I can say Woo! it publicly, so I'll just like keep it vague like that. No, but after I, that, I, I was I, like, nah, definitely not watching Power.
0: No, I, I look, I did get into um a verbal um no no, no 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 no.
1: You were right. He was wrong and dumb and got disrespectful. Let's keep it clean.
0: I wrote a opt ed said saying, dear Amari Hardwick. The Black Lives Matter movement was not just a hashtag. Mm, uh, I had an incident and a run-in where, you know, I think there was some miscommunication and misunderstanding between him and I. And I published, a, I was really upset by it. And I wrote a, and I published a whole publication about it
1: about four to five years
0: ago. I don't know if he read the, pub, I don't no, know if he but read he, the article. Um, he raised article. his
1: voice at you and got really, like, disrespectful. He, I didn't forget.
0: You're right, Stanley. It was it was some what? words that were exchanged. Yeah,
1: so screw power. I'm never watching that show.
0: Well, speaking of power, um, <laughs> last but not least, there is also a campaign for Mayor Bill de Blasio to come back to New York. Did you guys see the missing um, D- no, de No, don't Blasio? come back.
1: Don't come back to <laughs> Blasio.
0: Stanley, you don't want him to come do his job?
1: He doesn't do it now. Just yeah. Listen, yeah, you know I'm not supposed to talk about this, but whatever. I'll get yelled. I'm on vacation. They can't yell at me right now. <laughs> just go away leave
0: Stanley he did and there's flyers all around New York City saying that Bill de Blasio is missing in action
1: you could put that up when he's here he can't even show up to his own office on time how do you show up late to like his office is in his house and he doesn't show up on time
0: well not everyone is punctual Stanley
1: I I feel like I'm (laughs) coming for you (laughs) now (laughs) I <laughs> nah. uh, hit the holler. You ain't the, you ain't the mayor. Smith. You ain't the mayor.
0: Well, I'm gonna give Tiffany um last words before we go on this commercial
2: break. I think Mayor de Blasio, he fumbled the bag. He had the opportunity to be a transformative mayor, and clearly we saw his biggest goals was to run for president. So Come, You're
0: acting like he didn't install universal pre-K and got $15 minimum wage. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll, Selena. I know and he made it seem like he did it, but that work was happening from groups like 32BJ, 1199, CWA, Citizen Action, Working Families Party, all those groups. And, and regular working people made that happen, and made under his
0: administration.
1: No, that happened at the state level, and he had to get funding at the state level. And Bill De Blasio definitely talked it up; he absolutely did. I want to give him his props for that. But that was that was that happened by regular people. Elected officials, ninety-nine percent of the time, they are not just out here putting up good policies; we're forcing them to. And then they spike the football afterwards. Like Bill De Blasio didn't want to give half. Half, air, half off Mentor cards to people making under the poverty line. Mm-hmm. We had to force him to. And when the bill got passed, he came to the press conference like he was there with us the whole time. Like, come on, let's be honest about he, this. He's a
0: politician. I'm on
1: vacation, as you can see.
0: Um, okay, <laughs> on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're talking about the 1619 project. <laughs>
1: Too. i'm a wiggle it wiggle it wiggle it i can't wiggle ish wiggle ish wiggle ish yesterday i tried to do the stanky leg and i definitely tripped so no stanky leg <laughs> you're old and washed I've, I've been old and washed we are back on let your voice be heard on 90.3 fm whc other voice of Parliament. if you are just tuning in this is stanley Pitts. i'm here with tiffany zaddy pension brown <laughs> and of course selena I got the media plug Keys Hill and we are having a great show. But before we go to the main event, I want to give the floor to Tiffany real quick. Cause she has some important news for us and some yeah. thoughts to share.
2: So over the week, we saw a video of a young man named Reese. He was being bullied by a group of, of people over dating a trans woman by the name of Faith. And then subsequently, we learned that he um, committed suicide and on Twitter, we saw this narrative of about transphobia in the black community, how we have to stop it. And I think that's all important. But I would also just like to note that we don't really know why Reese committed suicide. And Faith was also his um girlfriend was also talking to that he was suffering from like drug abuse and there was some intimate partner violence there. So I think before we like latch onto a narrative, like these all things can coexist within side of a relationship in a society. Like you can be a part of transphobia, you could be, you know, a domestic violence uh person and you can also be dealing with drug abuse. And I just thought it was like irresponsible for some journalists that I saw that was really attaching this to the narrative. Like we do have to address in transphobia, we also have to address, you know, drug abuse. We also To address, you know, intimate partner violence. I think we can all talk about that without trying to push a particular narrative because this was a very unfortunate case. And I do think a lot of our uh, our brothers and sisters within the trans community are dealing with this all at the same time. And I feel like we weren't doing justice
1: enough when we were talking about the story. Yeah, I was one of the people who all I saw was the first half of the story, and I said, "I can't believe this." Mm -hmm. They drove this young man. To kill himself all because mm. he loved a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Then I saw his Facebook post. He's like, I love my girl no matter what. And I was like, damn, this is great. And then I saw her Facebook Live. And I was like, oh, right. there's mm. a lot more to this than I thought. Yeah. And shout out to the Marsha P. Bro- Marsha P. and Roja, um Institute for um sharing that information as well. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have known that. So make sure you folks are following that page as well. Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Um, It's really good information, really good education, and just a great platform overall. So... Tiff, thank you very much for that update. Mm-hmm. So now that we've gotten to some things that were emotional and slightly problematic, we're going to chip into something else that's very emotional and slightly problematic. So who in here has heard of the 1619 Project? Raise your hand. Oh my. Great. Selena's like, I, I mentioned it the first thing <laughs> as soon as you started the show. But as you know, black men don't listen. We just project. <laughs> Jeez. You, yeah, I feel like five black women was like, oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, guys, the 1619 pr- project is a program organized by the New York Times with the goal of reexamining the legacy of slavery in the United States and time for the 400th anniversary of the arrival in America of the first enslaved people from West Africa. It's an interactive project by Nicole Hannah-Jones, a reporter from the New York Times with contributions by the paper's writers, including essays, poems, short fiction, and a photo essay. Originally conceived of as a special issue for August 20th, it was soon turned into a full-fledged project, including coverage in the paper and on the website. So far now you have the full project which you can find on New York Times. There's also a podcast called mm-hmm. 1619, which you can watch, um you can listen to, and they have some short videos made, and it's really, really good. The project is expansive in many ways. And, for example, there's a piece from Matthew Desmond that writes about how slavery shaped modern capitalism and workplace management norms. For example, you know where tips come from? Mm. Slaves. Mm-hmm. And also from free slaves. They didn't want to pay the black railroad workers, so what their pay would pretty much be whatever folks would want to tip them. That's where that comes from. Now we know the majority of tip workers are women of color and women, but, hey. No one cares about women, particularly black women or women of color, so we're not going to change that process, right? And then there's also James Jamel Bowie, who connects the early 19th century political efforts to preserve slavery to current conservative political movements like the Tea Party and its efforts to fully nullify federal authority. And then Kevin Cruz, this this is my favorite one. He explains how the country's history of racism contributes to Atlanta's traffic issues. Traffic. Are we talking about traffic and slavery? That's wild to me. But anyways, folks, this is a really expansive, educational, interesting project that everyone should take a chance to look at. And if you don't like to read because you're not a nerd like me, then you can listen to the podcast or you can watch the videos or you can listen to the show. And if you haven't had a chance to engage in this, listen, you can engage with us. We're talking about it right now. But as we know, anytime something is done for black people, somebody's got to get mad and hit us with an all lives matter or say this is not true. And the usual suspects were there and some surprising people. So, for example, on Twitter, there was an indigenous activist who said she didn't understand why they were putting so much energy into the history of black people when indigenous people were here first. As if it was in the Olympics. She quickly deleted her tweet when black Twitter converged and decided to drag her. But there were a lot of other people who felt the same way. And, you know, I'm going to editorialize a little bit. Sure, you're absolutely right. We should talk about your stories. But this was our time. Chill. Well, we can talk. We can have our family fights within the family. We don't got to talk about that right now. But the pieces that were pretty much expected and also frustrating came from, who else, the conservative right. So, for example, conservative commentator Eric Erickson wrote on his blog The Resurgence that the 1619 Project was a worthwhile endeavor, but one that failed when the New York Times put the project in the hands of opinion writers who profit from stoking and fueling, quote unquote, racial grievances. He said it was a sentiment he felt. And he will continue to feel because people are profiting off of, like, causing racial tensions. Sound familiar? They used to always say that about black activists in the South that were fighting for civil rights. Then, of course, Human Garbage Can, who left his dying wife. She was dying in the hospital. He left us to go to his new girl, Newt Gingrich. He said the 1619 Project was outright brainwashing. And then he went to Fox and Friends and said the whole project is a lie. So, obviously, the project has people thinking and talking and feeling all over the place. And we want to think and talk with you. So, I want to start this conversation off and throw it to Tiffany first, actually, because she's the pension mommy. And ask you <laughs> Did you read the series? And if so, what are your thoughts? How do you feel? If not, why not? And do you plan to?
2: I did read the series. I didn't read the entire series, but I did read some pieces like the Atlanta piece and the opening piece. And I also um, watched some of the interviews that the creator put together. And it was eye-opening to me because I felt like it really made things contextualized for, like, the the everyday person, like, just relating it to, like, traffic issues and health issues. And I think sometimes people hear that in the abstract, but it's like, no, like, this is how slavery that people say, like, you know, just forget about it and move on, but how it impacts our everyday life. Mm. In the relation to the um, conservatives, I wasn't surprised, like, you know, of, of course, you know, they're going to come out of the woodwork, but I was also just almost dumbfounded how many of them was trying to center whiteness mm-hmm. even in slavery i think the same one eric um erickson was mm-hmm. saying that talking about this project in this way mm-hmm. takes away from all of the good white people <laughs> that were wait. trying to end
1: slavery wait 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 hold that thought because i do want to get to that yeah but i want to i want to hold some space for that piece of the conversation okay. Um, and Selena, don't worry. I'm not going to say anything radical. Yes, I am. <laughs> Selena, have yeah. you had a chance to read it? If so, what do you think? If not, tell me if you're going to read it and what you think.
0: Look, I don't have a pension like Tiffany, so I can't afford a New York Times mm. subscription. So I have not read the series. Shots. But shout out to Stanley for sending me the podcast <laughs> because I was able to listen to it. Wasn't it good, though? It was really good. I was <laughs> just like, yo... Compared to our... uh, Then you heard the water water running? Yo. Like, oh, it was...
1: Our podcast is good, but 1619? mm,
0: Yes, they better come on with the They better give us some
1: ad money, though, damn.
0: That's, you know, they had like three or four ads throughout the podcast. (laughs) Nonetheless, here's my reaction because I was able to read up on it. I mean, I feel like the project really aims to reframe the legacy of slavery in America and to make clear the contributions that black Americans have made besides just wealth and capital. As you know, we are ingrained and, and, and have helped build the infrastructure of this country. And not only that, a large part of this series talks about democracy and what this the writer does. She's a, she's a black woman. What she does is she says it was black people, black slaves who really upheld the ideals of democracy, because when they wrote. The Constitution uh, and the the Declaration of Independence, they were saying that, oh, our country is built up on the ideals that every man was created equal under God and that we're a democracy and we're the land of the free. Y'all know it. But it wasn't until black people fought to free themselves and fought for this country in the Civil War and on, on every other every other war uh, that these ideals actually came into fruition and manifest. So what to me was brilliant about this piece is she actually claims that people of color, black people in particular, are the most patriotic of the of patriotic citizens in this country because we are the ones that despite our oppression, in spite our enslavement, we continue to fight to uphold these ideals. And to me, that, that philosophy and ideology was so powerful and impactful.
1: Yo, that really was, Thank you. And the ways, one of the ways she mentioned it, what well, she talked about when Abraham Lincoln met, met with four black abolitionists. Yes. And Abraham Lincoln was like, yo, like, slavery is trash and everything, but like we got some money and y'all can go back to Africa. Mm-hmm. And he, they were like, where in Africa? He's like, yep. isn't Africa just a place? No, mm-hmm. they, that, that's not exactly how it went. But then they were like, <laughs> yeah. yo, we were born here. Our, our, our family has lived here and worked here and died here. This is as much as our country as it is yours. And they stayed. And this is this is like several years after the Haitian Revolution. So they had a couple of options of places they could have gone and just chilled. But they said this is our country and they want to stay. So that was really impactful. So, guys, if you have questions, comments, concerns, no curse words, give us a call at 212 212- 650 again that is 212-650-6903. you can also leave a comment on facebook live we'll make sure we get to you if you're on the podcast and you can't hit us on there because there's no comment section hit us up on twitter and we'll make sure to spotlight you selena
0: so cleanna left a really interesting comment earlier uh, in the show, she said, it made me think about the education we received in public schools about slavery and how it has been less than adequate and glosses over the details and the financial benefit enslaved folks were to owners and this country. I can imagine in school districts that were all white or predominantly white that there was no education or maybe it was just a sentence in a textbook mm. about slavery. I agree with you there, Kleana. That
1: is an absolute fact. Thank you very much, Cleana for leaving a comment. So let's go to our next question. How does the legacy of slavery still affect people today? Does it? Well, actually let's start with that. Does the legacy of slavery still impact us today? If you're watching on Facebook Live, leave some comments. We want to hear from you. If you're on if you're on the FM listening, call us, let us know. But I want to start with you, Selena.
0: Yeah, I mean, as we know, this country was built on the backs of black people. Um, But I think that a lot of us fail to remember or acknowledge the fact that we are still carrying that load to this day. The legacy of slavery, whether we acknowledge it or know it or not, it manifests in every part of our modern life. Um, I think Tiffany mentioned how it's it's here in healthcare, public transportation, economic order, the inequalities of healthcare. Mm. Tiffany, can you expand on how the legacy of slavery is still affecting every aspect of our life?
2: I would say I would just talk about you know just like the health biases. I think one of the articles talked about how. Um, that, you know, when it comes to um, black people that were slaves uh, during that time, that they would, like, measure, like, their work production and, like, based off, like, their lung capacity and we're seeing that even in our healthcare today, especially when we talk about, you know, the mortality rate for black women and how inherent biases are always, you know, put on black women that, you know, we could take more pain or that we're lying or whatever the case may be and we can see how people are not, like, you know, necessarily looking at us as, like, you know, with a through a sympathetic lens when it comes to like health care additionally we just have what was it like national equal pay day for black women we see that right now black women make 63 cent compared to our you know white man counterparts so we see how it's playing out right here you know in 2019
0: absolutely stanley i know we're going to take a quick break but don't go anywhere guys when we come back we're going to talk about how the legacy of slavery still persists in 2019
1: We are back on. Let your voice be heard on 8.3 FM WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fitz. I'm here with Selena Hill and of course Tiffany Brown. FYI, gentlemen who don't cheat, Tiffany Brown's got a pension.
0: What the <laughs> heck? Are you marketing her off? I am no one sugar mama. Okay. Listen.
1: Listen. You don't got to be a sugar mom, but you can uplift some, you can uplift somebody's checking account and their life. Stay no. away from me, brokey. <laughs> Listen, he's not broke. He's just cash deficient. But anyways, <laughs> folks, if you are just tuning in, we have been talking about the 1619 Project done by the New York Times that covers the 400-year legacy of slavery and blackness in America. And when we walked away, Tiffany was sharing some thoughts about the impacts of slavery on America today. Selena, did you have a comment on Facebook Live you want to share with us? All right, great. So if we got no comments, I'm going to keep the show on the road. So the next question I have for you guys. The 1619 Project argues that America was not a democracy until black Americans fought to make America one. That has pissed off a lot of white conservatives. They think that, A, we're over-exaggerating the impact of slavery, and B, the impact of black people. That, has either one of you read this article or heard this argument at all? What do you think about it? Do you think this legitimate, Tiffany?
2: No. I think... I feel like when you live a life where you can be mediocre your entire life and then someone tells you, like, hey, you are unremarkable. And it was actually people that you think that are better, than, less than you, that actually is the reason why you exist. We see the legacy of slavery throughout, you know, top, you know, universities. We see the mm-hmm. legacy of slavery through our railroad system. We see the legacy legacy of through slavery through wall street so to say that we are over exaggerating slavery like we provided free labor for generations so to say that oh we're over exaggerating or you didn't do that much like how do you think you
1: got this wealth So, folks, if you have a question, comment, no curse words but thoughts, give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. We're also reading comments on Facebook Live. I see you, Amy Jones. I see you, Dr. Tony Lewis. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Selena?
0: Yeah, so I would say that the criticism and the pushback we're getting from people like Newt Gingrich and others, it further uh, illustrates why— the 1619 project is so impactful and why it's so necessary i feel like what it really does is it delegitimizes the ideals and the so-called power of white legit of white supremacy because basically it says that if you are someone who identifies with this ideology and are you know have strong white nationalist politics you need to understand the history behind that and the oppression and how you know if you unpack things you know to tiffany's point we were the ones who really built up this country not only physically but even like philosophically like we were the one who upheld these ideals and I think that for white people it's very challenging for them to surrender this their idea of this identity they think of white people as heroes Mm -hmm. and you you know the saviors and we're like no that was a child rapist that was a slave master Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. really happened
1: yeah so so you know I had this conversation on Thursday where we were talking about why white people can't seem, why they get so upset and their chest puff up when we talk about this. And I think the thing that I said was, how would you feel if once every couple of weeks, a couple of days, somebody came up to you and talked about how trash your family was and your ancestors were and all the crappy things they did and mm-hmm. how you benefit from it now and how you would feel? I don't remember what your response was, but now that I'm bringing it up again, how would you feel if that was the case?
0: You know what, Stanley, I... I can't answer that question, nor can I empathize with them. I think that you framing it that way is is great because we're you're trying to empathize with the oppressor at some point. Oh, no, no, no but think about it because mm-hmm. you're saying, how would you feel? Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know how I would feel. I just know how it feels to be on the other end of that spectrum and to you know and the fact that my ancestors and you know my people and even like me today, I still suffer from what they did.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I know you say that, but a lot of conservatives, a lot of white people are saying we should move past slavery and not just conservatives, but quote unquote progressive allies are saying we should move past slavery. Tiffany, is it time to move past slavery?
2: No, and I think it's disrespectful to say move past slavery. I really think it's so, like, it frustrates me when I hear those, you know, type of questions or comments because, like, how could we move past slavery when we see so many ills of slavery representing, like, You know, in 2019, like Selena was talking about, for us to move past slavery, we have to have, you know, maybe a real conversation about reparations. We have to have a real conversation about mass incarceration and redlining and things that were symptoms of of slavery that, you know, created and maintains a racial hierarchy. So if we're going to move past slavery, we also have to move past so many symptoms that was the result of slavery. And no one's readily ready to have that conversation or have that conversation
1: in a real way. So... So I have a comment from Dr. Tony Lewis and she says I was just talking to my mom about this. She said the reaction to this reminds her of when they first started doing Black History Month programs. Mm. Folks were all in their feelings and clutching pearls and all the things. Shows how much of their white of their white people values is tied up in one is tied up on having a foot on someone else's neck. That ain't value. And then she also added how it feels clinically you can see a lot of the time folks be flushed and hyperventilating and spitting and such. Watch closely the next time. Selena?
0: You know what? Obviously, I do not think we need to move past slavery, but I think what white folks need to move past is identifying as white. I feel like Mm. that is at the heart and like the central issue. They have so much time, resources and energy invested in what it means to be white and these ideals and the supremacy that that is attached to that based on history that they want to continue this legacy if they would stop identifying as white which is just a social construct Mm -hmm. then and they identified as just being american then Mm -hmm. they could uh, embrace and empathize themselves with the full spectrum of american history which is our dirty past
1: do you think that's possible that white people can ever have an honest conversation and really be in a space to be held accountable for their dirty past
0: we, if, we keep, if we keep sparking those flames, if we continue to push these narratives, if we continue to tell our truths, mm-hmm. yes. And thank you to the New York Times and the brilliant black journalists behind the 1619 Project, which is holding them accountable. They're holding the consciousness of this country accountable.
1: Tiffany, what do you think?
2: Um, I think Jamel Bowie in his article touched on it. Like, some people just inherently believe that, you know, some people are inferior, right? So that's why we're okay with seeing a black boy being shot down on camera and thinking, like, oh, well, maybe if he just didn't resist the rest. So that's why we are okay with seeing, you know, brown children in cages. So I think once you divorce yourself from this idea that some people deserve this sort of inhumane treatment, and additionally, I think similar to the way black people have, you know, generational trauma white people also have some form of trauma in believing that they are better than. So I think, you know, everyone has to do... Not uh, Excuse me. White folks have to do the real work, like Selena said, of divorcing themselves from whiteness and understanding that you just existing as a white person is a benefit and how you can do some other work to make sure that other people who are not rich or, you know, don't have white skin can also be a part of this
1: society. Selena, where do we go from here?
0: Um... I think where we go from here is now that the spotlight has been shown through the 1619 Project and a lot of the other, you know, activists, organizers and truth tellers and storytellers who, you know, who who talk about this all the time, Mm -hmm. it's time for work. Right. You know, we have people like you, Stanley, like you're an organizer, you're constantly uh, uh, fighting against these social constructs and these um, the the infrastructure and the like institutionalized racism on a local level and a state level. I think that we have to continue to empower activists like you and the organizations that you um, that you work for and even let your voice be heard, because we're the ones also trying to inform, educate and empower people to finally get rid of things like white supremacy and racism i think that there's a lot of us on the ground doing the work we just need to be amplified uh funded and empowered and you know eventually we'll start to see even more changes
1: maybe the nfl will cut us a check <laughs> Tiff, jay-z we're here social injustice <laughs> initiatives <laughs> Tiff, where do we go from here i think where we go from
2: here um Definitely wholeheartedly agree with Selena. Say I also think for Black people, I think we should not be so concerned about how white people are feeling in this moment, but keep telling our truths. I think white people need to get out of their feelings and maybe do some self-reflection and really, you know, not take this as a personal attack, but just like a reality that exists. But you know, something that you can work on to be a better, you know, human in society. I think we definitely need to uplift people that are doing the work. Like, you know, a let your voice be heard or a citizen action like these or sort Stephanie of groups or, or, you know, like a black youth project that are really like, you know, talking about these issues that, you know, impact marginalized and, you know, disenfranchised communities.
1: Selena, we have a quick comment. You yes. Want
0: to share? Don L says it's like the Matrix. They stay taking the blue pill and stay in dreamland and they don't want to wake up to the reality.
1: Yeah, that's a really great thing to say, Donnell. Thank you so much for that. The fact of the matter is, the next steps here is we got to decolonize our minds. Now, we know white people got to decolonize their minds and wash their feet and, and season their, their chicken. Their legs. And their legs, too. But they absolutely have to decolonize their minds because whiteness is nothing but a made-up construct that also serves as a parasite. And it sucks up everything. That's the only way it can survive. So it takes your culture. It takes the lives of other people. It takes creativity. And it whitewashes it until it's nothing but this nice, tight package of privilege, power, power and violence, and that's all it's ever been. And until we decolonize our minds and we we destroy whiteness, we're going to be having this straight up cycle of white supremacy, dirty feet, unseasoned chicken, racist violence happening across the world. As for black folks in this space and non-black people of color, the only way we liberate ourselves is if we liberate each other, and if we wanna liberate each other, you gotta be about black liberation. For the white people who are listening, who are decolonizing their minds, but they want more advice on what they can do, it's pretty straightforward. Cut the check. We need our reparations. With that being said, I'll make is drop. Selena, take us home.
0: Well, I just want to thank everyone who tuned in to Let Your Voice Be Heard, especially all those on our Facebook Live. We see your comments. Unfortunately, we couldn't get to them all, but we definitely appreciate all of your engagement. I want to thank Tiffany for joining us again. over oh, Always coming through with the smart comments and the black girl magic. Uh, and I want to thank everyone who is a subscriber to us on Patreon.com. And if you aren't, you can go to Patreon.com slash Be Heard Radio and become a subscriber. And by doing that and supporting us – We will continue to support the issues and the causes that matter to you.